Good morning, Brookside. Good to see everybody. <clears throat> everybody having a good weekend? Yeah? All right, good. Good deal. Well, um, <clears throat> as Melissa said, I want to welcome you. If you're, uh, if you're new to Brookside or maybe you're uh, in town visiting a, a friend or a relative this weekend, we're really glad that you're here. And uh, if uh, this is your <clears throat> very first time, we want you to know it's, it's really just a privilege for us to be able to have you here and, and just have been praying that, that God would really touch you in this place. And so thanks again for being here. Oftentimes what we do before we jump into God's word together is uh, we pray and, and we really ask the Lord to really lead us and, and guide us through his word and, and really open our hearts to it. And, and uh, before we pray today and, and before we jump in, into God's word, um, I want us to pray very specifically uh, for Steve, our lead pastor, <clears throat> and his wife, Becky, and, uh, and their daughter, Nikki. As many of you know, uh, tomorrow marks one year since Greg, their son's death, and uh, um, Steve and Becky are... Um, know that they are so grateful, really, for all that you've meant to them over the course of the last 12 months as a church and your encouragement and the way that you've lifted them up in prayer. And uh, they're just, they're, they're so grateful. Um, Steve and Becky have gone to Minneapolis uh, for the weekend, and they've been there spending time with both Steve's family and, and Becky's family. They've joined their daughter Nikki there, and, and they'll also be spending uh, a lot of time uh, this weekend and even tomorrow uh, with many of Greg's friends. And so uh, you might also remember that Becky's dad died just two weeks after uh, Greg's death. And so it's a tough time. And so we want to just lift them up and uh, continue to support them uh, uh, through that time. So would you pray with me? And uh, let's, let's do that together. Lord, first, we just want to come before you and we want to thank you um, that you are the kind of God that you allow us to meet together as your church today. We're, we're grateful for that. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you're the kind of God that you know us by name. Uh, you know the ups and the downs. You know the things that we bring to you today. And, and um, Lord, we look at the last 12 months in the, in the life of our, our pastor and uh, his family. And um, Lord, we want to say thank you that you're the kind of God that provides grace and mercy and that you get us through hard times. And uh, Lord, we want to pray this morning that you would continue to guide and protect Steve and Becky and their family. We want to pray, Lord, particularly this weekend, uh, that they would really sense the love and the hand of God on them. We pray over the course of the next 12 months that your Holy Spirit would guide them and direct them, Lord. Um, we thank you for how in the midst of a hard, hard time, You've allowed them to continue to serve you with great strength and, uh, and a lot of courage and, and to do it very well. And so we're grateful for that, Lord. And, and we just pray for them as they continue to move forward, Lord. So, um, Lord, I too think, though, of, of the people here today that maybe they would say, wow, I've got my own unique challenge that I can relate to Steve and Becky on that. And, um, Lord, we just lift them up to you as a church today in prayer. Again, we thank you that you know about that stuff and you're not... You're not distant, you're, you're close. And so, Lord, we bring those things to you this morning, and we pray now that you would guide us in this time. So we pray in Christ's name, amen. Well, next weekend, Pastor Steve will be taking us through uh, into a new series. We're launching a new series that we're really excited about. It's called The King Speaks. And uh, this new series is going to take us through the Sermon on the Mount from the book of Matthew. And uh, so make sure that you don't miss next week. And also just want to give you a heads up. If you'd like to get kind of a head start with uh, reading some of the things, some of the scriptures that we'll be unpacking in that series, you can do that. There'll be a sheet on some small tables on your way out that you can grab. That'll give you some questions that you can go through on a daily basis. Uh, to get you ready for the launch of, of that series. So uh, again, don't miss next week. Uh, excited for Steve to launch us into that. Well, the title of this message and the title of this morning is Going Public. And 
we're going to be talking about a powerful celebration that takes place in in the life of a person that's a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, This celebration is called baptism. A baptism is the act of going public with something that's very personal. Uh, It's going public with something. It's making something known that personally has been life-changing for you. We're going to come back to this, but you could think of it like this. Baptisms are a public or an outward demonstration of something inside an inward transformation. Uh, baptisms, really, they're one of the most exciting things that we do together as a church. I love it when we have a baptism service. Um, When we have baptisms here at Brookside, people invite their friends, people invite their relatives. Lots of times they they sit right in the front. And and when a person comes out of the waters of baptism, people clap and they whistle in church. I love it when people whistle in church, right? And, And they make all sorts of noise because they're excited for this person. You see the person then in the hallway that that got baptized and you say, congratulations. I'm so excited for what God is doing in your life. I'm proud of you. Way to take a a, a bold step. Way to be obedient to Christ in that. After the baptisms, oftentimes you'll hear people have parties and rightly so. They celebrate together with those that are close to them the things that God has done in their lives. It's a It's an awesome time. It's one of the most fun things that we get to do together as a church. But while baptisms are an exciting celebration, there also can be a lot of questions that swirl around them as well. You may have questions yourself or others have come to you with questions and it would be good for you to be equipped to have answers to those questions. Maybe your kids have questions or your grandchildren have questions about what is baptism? When our daughter Ashlyn was three years old, I took her to our youth baptism service, and, and we just sat in the back, and, and this service was loud. I mean, everything, the, the crowd was really into it, celebrating what God had done in the lives of these students. And so every time that a person would come out of the water, the crowd would go nuts, and she would kind of put her hands over her ears, you know, and she was a little intimidated. It was just a little too, little too much at three years old. And so she said to me later, she said, Dad, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to get baptized, you know. It's a little too much. You may have been sharing your faith with someone and they said to you, hey, okay, uh, enough. Enough with the God stuff, okay? I, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. But years and years ago, I got baptized. I'm good. Okay, let, let's move on. And so you're wondering in your mind, okay, what really is baptism? Maybe you're new to church and you've seen a baptism and frankly, when you saw a baptism service, you thought it was a little bit confusing, maybe a bit even odd. Kind of like a hot tub party on one hand with a lot of people and a church service on the other. It didn't didn't make a whole lot of sense. Or maybe for you, you grew up in a tradition where baptism was just sort of what you did. It was just sort of the right thing to do. And and so maybe you've even followed through with that. My prayer throughout this week has been that by the end of our time together, every person would be able to leave this place and you would have a very solid understanding of what exactly baptism is. Specifically, this is what I I want for you this morning, and and this is why I've been so looking forward to giving this message. I want you to be able to leave here and to be able to understand what baptism symbolizes. I I want you to understand why we do it. I want you to be equipped enough that you would be able to answer someone else's questions. And then lastly, I want you to know, okay, is baptism the right step, the right next step for me to take? So here's where we're going this morning. We're going to answer three basic questions. Here they are. Number one, what is baptism? 
Second question we're going to answer is, what happens when a person is baptized? And then lastly, who should be baptized? Look with me at Romans chapter 6, verse 3. It, it says this, Paul writes, All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus. Now let me stop right there. First, know this. Baptism is all about Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, baptism is nothing more than just getting wet. Jesus and what his life and his death and his resurrection mean for a person is where the meaning of baptism really lies. Baptism, it's neat. It gives us this picture of this reality of what Jesus has done inside of a person. A couple of weeks ago, I got to go water skiing with two phenomenal slalom skiers. And we were out at their place, and, and they um, ski through a slalom course a lot. And they're very good skiers. And so we got in the boat, and, and before we ever really got the, you know, anybody in the water, they just began to give me some instructions. I'd never been through a slalom course before. You know, those are the buoys. You kind of go around, and you got to get it all timed out right. And, and I'd never been through a course before. And so they were giving me some instruction, and they said, okay, you know, when... When, you, when we approach those two first set of buoys, you got to get clear to the left, and then you'll know when you got to make your cut to the right. And they told me where to look when I was doing that and, and kind of where my hips should be and where the handle should be. And then when you come around that first buoy, you got to know you got to look this way and not that way and definitely not down and, and all those things that I ended up doing anyway. But, but they were trying to give me some instruction. And then what they did is this. Before I ever got in the water, those guys got in the water. One, you know, one went and then the other one went. And they showed me exactly what they had been telling me. They demonstrated exactly what they had been saying. In church, we talk a lot about Jesus, right? We explain his life. We explain his death. We explain his resurrection. But when a person gets baptized, here's what we do. We show the gospel. We say the gospel with our words, but we show the gospel through baptism, like baptism, the sacrament of communion, or the ordinance, you could say, of communion, was something that was given to the church by Jesus. We're going to take communion later on in the service. And, and very visually, we're going to remember, okay, Christ's body was broken. His blood was shed. He, he died on a cross. Like baptism, communion gives us a picture. It, it allows us to understand. It gives us a picture of a powerful way that we can kind of understand these key spiritual realities. Look with me back at Romans chapter 6. Back to that first question. What is baptism? Verse 4, Paul writes, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. And he's, he's speaking of Christ's death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The statement that the picture of baptism makes is that we are identifying with Jesus in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, and in what that means for us. When you get baptized, here's what you're saying. You're saying, okay, I, I believe I'm identifying with the fact that Jesus died for me. I'm identifying with the fact that, that Jesus paid for my sin. I'm identifying with the fact he proved himself to be God by raising, rising from the dead. You're identifying with that, and you're also proclaiming, just as Jesus rose from the grave, so too I, one day, I will I will ascend into heaven. I will be with my Father for all of eternity. You're, you're proclaiming that. Oftentimes when we baptize someone, you'll hear us say this, I, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. We get those words straight out of Matthew chapter 28. Jesus gives some instruction on how to, how to do a baptism. And then we say this, holding the person now, we say, you were buried with Christ in his death, and they go underwater, depending on who they are, 10 or 15 minutes, you know. <laughs> you were buried with Christ in his death. And then we say this, we say, you were raised to walk a new life, straight out of Romans chapter 6. What we're saying is this, you you were buried with Christ in his death under the water. Then you were, you were raised to walk a new life. Paul point, paints this picture even more. Look with me at verse 5. He says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly, almost, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Now know this, Paul's He's looking forward. Paul is, is pointing to the fact that there's not only blessings in following Jesus here in this life, like forgiveness of sins, but he's, he's, he's going even beyond that, and he's saying there are eternal blessings and benefits to following Jesus Christ on the other side of death. Just as Jesus died and rose, those who belong to Jesus will die, and one day, book of Daniel, they will rise with him. He goes on, verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin may be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now what Paul is saying is that when you come to know Christ, you are free from sin. Now for some of you, flags are going off right now. Know this, you still will sin, but when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the payment for that sin is paid in full. Because of Christ's death and resurrection. And because of Christ's death and resurrection, then we also say we can live a new life. The things that sometimes you would say, those things used to hold me captive. Before I knew Christ, I, I lived like this and I did these things. I came to know Christ. Christ transformed my life. Maybe like that or maybe over a period of time you were sanctified in Christ. Walk a new life. Romans chapter 6 gets translated like this in, in another uh, translation. I, I just love the way it's put. It says, you can walk in a new way of life. So what we're showing in baptism is this. Yes, I, I die. I, I die to sin, but because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, I can walk a new life. You're declaring, I've been buried with Christ in his death, but I've been raised to walk a new way. It's exciting. What a celebration. You could use this as a definition for baptism. Here it is. Baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. The New Testament, uh, which was originally written in Greek, in, in the Greek, this word baptism, it means this. It means to plunge, to dip, or to immerse. In secular ancient literature, if they were writing about a ship that had been sunk, they would say of the ship, a ship in battle got sunk, they would say of the ship, it got baptized. It went underneath the water. We see numerous examples of how baptisms were carried out in the Gospels. In the, in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, John, Jesus' cousin, was baptizing. It says that he was doing it down in the Jordan River where there was plenty of water and in John chapter 3, verse 23, it says that now Jesus also was baptizing at Anon in Salim because there was plenty of water. In Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus' baptism, and it says that Jesus, he came up out of the water. 
Again, when a person is getting baptized, they go under the water and then they come out and very, very visibly, very publicly, I'm going public with this, I identify with what? I identify with Christ's burial and his resurrection. Powerful. Again, what is baptism? Baptism is an outward demonstration of something inside, an inward transformation. Let's keep going. Let's answer the second question. What happens when a person gets baptized? What happens when a person is baptized? First, it brings glory to God. It brings honor to God. It brings worship to God. And here's why. Because when a baptism story gets told, God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's mercy, it's on display for everyone to hear. At a personal level, when you get baptized, you're being obedient to God, to the instruction of Jesus Christ. And and when you're obedient to his instruction, there's blessing in that. You know that. Disobedience does not lead to blessing. Obedience is the path to blessing. And so when, when you hear teaching on baptism, and if you're a follower of Christ, know this, your obedience is a path, to, a path to blessing in that. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus very clearly gives a command. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go make disciples, and after they become disciples, I want you to baptize them. I want them to have this outward symbol of this inward transformation that's taken place. An incredible text, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we see that Peter's sharing the gospel with this group of people, and I kind of chuckle because I just wish I could have been there. Peter's sharing the, the gospel with this group of people, and when he's all done, this big crowd, that people say to him, hey, Peter, what should we do? They've heard the gospel, and now out of response, their hearts are wide open to God, and they say, Peter, what should we do? And Peter's response is this, two things. He says, I want you to repent I want you to turn. I want you to acknowledge, okay, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I want you to repent. But then he says, repent and be baptized. I want you to go public with what has happened inside of you. I want you to first repent, go to God, get your faith in Christ, make that clear. But then he says, be baptized, go public. Our, uh, our two-year-old, Easton, has been going public with a, a word recently. It's the word owie. And um, he's been going very public with this word. And, and here's the trouble. He doesn't say the word owie when he's hurt. He says the word owie when he doesn't get what he wants. And so I was with him at Target about two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we got in the front doors of Target. And I, I pick him up to, to put him into the, uh, not stroller, the cart. Yes, shopping cart. And so I set him there. And he starts to scream, owie, like really loud. And he's not hurt. And so he keeps saying it, and then he starts to mix it with some fake sympathy tears, you know. And he's going really loud. And all of a sudden, I'm noticing, I mean, we are, we are quite a sight to see because he's loud. And I'm noticing that ladies are looking at me, and they're kind of giving me a bit of a scowl, but then they're looking at my son with sympathy. Like, oh, you poor little boy, you know, do you have an owie, you know. But there are grown men that are looking at me like, in a kind of a mean look, like, Really? You're going to pinch a little kid right here in Target, right out in the broad daylight, right? They weren't going for it, right? When you go public, know this, people will notice. When you stand up and when you get baptized before people, people around you will know what your actions are meaning. What you're saying by your actions is, notice what God has done in me. 
Notice that Jesus has changed my life. It's an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. Next thing, when you go public, what does it do? It, it brings you joy. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 16, verse 11. He wrote, you make known to me the path of life. Remember, remember, you were buried with Christ in his death. You were raised to walk a new life. The psalmist writes, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. There is a unique sense of joy when we have a baptism celebration. It's unlike any other celebration. Because of why? Because eternity is at stake. Because there's an eternal reality of a life change that we're celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that person has eternity with God. That person is walking with Christ. They've made a decision to follow Christ. Another very cool thing that happens when a person is baptized is it inspires faith in other people. When someone gets baptized, it blesses the entire church. It, it's a way for us to be able to say to God, yes, yes, Lord, keep doing that. Oh, Lord, would, oh, I, pray, I can't wait for my neighbor to be in that baptism. I can't wait for them to be de declaring what you've done in their lives. We say, Lord, do it again and again and again in people's lives. It's inspiring to people's faith. And beyond that, what will often happen is that someone will be sitting in the crowd and they will identify with a part of someone else's story and all of a sudden their eyes will light up and they will say, wow, that, that's me, they're reading my mail. And they found Christ. Okay, I can find that. I can find Christ. I can find hope in him. Oftentimes people will say, wow, when I heard her story, when I, when I heard about the things that she's gone through and I saw that Christ has made a difference in her, that was a, a big moment for me. People will say, wow, when he said that he struggled with that and that God kind of allowed him to break those bonds and he's got Christ in his life and he's living for a completely different set of things, it made me think there was a chance for me. People will say, wow, when she got in the tub and, and she had really nice hair and all of a sudden she didn't care anymore about her hairdo and she went under and very humbly but very passionately, unashamedly, she said, I identify with Christ today. What does it do? It inspires people. People go, wow. I want to do that. I, I, I want to be unashamed. Baptisms bring glory to God. They bring joy to you. And they inspire faith in others. Okay, let's do this. Let's answer this last question. Who should be baptized? In the scriptures, we see repeatedly that baptism is preceded by a person's faith in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not through baptism. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is a gift from God. It is a gift of God. In the book of Acts chapter 2, we see that there were 3,000 people at once that came to know Christ. 3,000 people said, okay, I put my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and then what happened after that? Part A, they accepted Christ. Part B, what did they do? What was the outward demonstration of what had happened inside of them? They got, they got baptized publicly. And in that day, that would have been a big deal. There would have been family members that would have disowned them right at that moment when they publicly declared, I'm with Christ. It's important to know that the waters of baptism, they don't save a person. The act of baptism does not bring a person into a relationship with Christ. Uh, there's nothing special about the water. There's no magical powers. Kind of cool if we had special water here, but we don't. Um, 
There's nothing special about the person that is baptizing you. But what is special is what Jesus Christ has done in you. That's what matters. Know this though also, Jesus blesses your obedience. If you're a Christ follower and you haven't been baptized, know that. Jesus blesses it, your life when you are obedient to him. There's obedience is the path to blessing. If you look at your life and you would say, Jesus has changed me inwardly. I have, I have faith in Christ. I've been changed. Then you are ready to be baptized. Remember, baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. A transformation that begins with a person's faith in Jesus Christ. By God's grace, right? I want to give you an example of this. It's from Acts chapter 8, verse 30. It starts in verse 30. And the context here is that, that Philip, I love this story, Philip is a follower of Christ and, and he's following the promptings of God. And if you ever got a prompting from God that was hard to follow, I think this one would have been. Philip is prompted to go and share the gospel with a guy that he's never ever met before. And so let's pick up in verse 30 of chapter 8. Says then Philip, he ran up to the chariot, that God told him to do, ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah from your Old Testament, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He said, do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture, this is from Isaiah, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. He's talking about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture, and he told him the good news about Jesus So imagine that. Now the gospel is clear. He's telling him the message of Jesus Christ. And then how, after this person knows, he understands the truth of the gospel. It says, as they traveled along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Now notice the, notice the sequence of, of how that takes place there. First, this man understands the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then after he understands the gospel, very symbolically, unashamedly, he says, okay, I, I want to I identify with Christ. I've repented of my sin. Now I, I believe, and now I want to be baptized. Pull, pull the thing over. Let's do this right now. If you're wondering if you should be baptized, ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, have I put my trust in Jesus Christ and what he's done on my behalf? Would you say that you've come to a place in your life where you've realized, okay, I've messed up. I've got sin in my life. And while I might be able to try harder and I might be able to make this all just look a little bit better on the outside, I know that I am still a sinner and at the end of the day I will still be a sinner. Have you come to the place where you've understood that one day you will stand before a holy God and you will give an account for your life? And on that day, the only sufficient account for your sin will be the finished work of Jesus Christ. Have you come to that place where you would say, you know what, I I can't do it anymore. I know it's not of me. I need Jesus Christ. I need what he's done. I need him 
to be kind of my paid in full for the sin in my life. And when you put your faith in Christ, and for you, maybe that's this morning. Maybe the gospel is clear to you this morning. When you put your faith in Christ, when you put your faith in the finished work of, of Jesus Christ, then you're ready to be baptized. Several months after I put my trust in, in Christ as a college student, I, I got baptized. And I remember it very vividly. It was in this little church that we were meeting in for the summer. And, and I had been baptized as an infant. Um, but I knew as a follower of Christ, I had read through the scriptures, I had been taught the word of God. And I knew it was an important thing for me. And so I remember calling my parents. And I'm, I'm so grateful for them and, and even for what they had done for me. But I told them, I said, hey, here's, here's my plans. And they were all supportive for it. And that day, that baptism was a big deal for me. It was a powerful day because here's what was happening. I was going public. There had been this transformation that had taken place in my life, and, and my life was uh, not close to Jesus before that, evidently. And when I came to know Christ, what I was saying in that baptism was, this is months after I've accepted Christ, I was saying, okay, I want everybody to know. Very humbling getting all wet in front of people. It's sort of, it's just humbling. It really is good though. And I was saying, you know what? And this is why it was such a big deal for me. It was saying to everybody in the room, I'm committed to Jesus Christ. And not only is it a personal thing, but I need to be obedient to Christ because Christ, he, he knew that there was some significance in going public with it and saying, you know what? I'm, I'm not ashamed. I want to be identified with Christ's burial, with his death, with his resurrection. And then I want that baptism to say, you've been raised to walk a new life. And so everybody in the crowd, would, would you help me? And that's what, when we do baptisms, we kind of, we pray for those people that got baptized. And as a church, what we're saying is, we're going to help you. We're going to come alongside you as you walk a new life, a new way of life. I want to um, point your attention to a, an insert that you've got in your bulletin. Actually, if you take this out even right now, it'd be great. The light, it's light blue. And um, I want to ask you to take a step this morning. You know, you might be here today and you would say you're a brand new follower of Christ. And you would say, this is a, this is a next step for you. You've repented. You've, you've, you've put your faith in Christ. But now it's that other part, repent and be baptized. And you would say, okay, I understand that. Now I need to humbly identify with Christ. I need to go public. I need to let the church, I need to let my friends and family know that's who I'm with. For others of you, you've never understood the significance of baptism. You've never understood the biblical reasons behind baptism. But today, hopefully you, you do. Um, hopefully that's clear for you. Or maybe you would say this, you would say, you know what, I'm, I'm a Christian and I've been a Christian for a long time, and honestly, I have avoided getting baptized, and I've avoided getting baptized because I've avoided getting baptized for so long, right? For some reason, at some point, I felt like I was just too shy, I just didn't want to get all wet, I get my hair done on Saturday, whatever it is, right? But you felt like you've missed your chance. I just want to encourage you this morning. Number one, there's a lot of people in that boat. But two, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Would you be obedient to Christ? We're not trying to fill up the calendars for baptisms, believe me. But what we are trying to do is say this. Hey, Jesus gives us instruction in his word, and we want to be a church that this is our guide. This is what we uphold. And so we, we want to teach the teachings of Jesus, and we want to encourage and do all we can to help people follow in those steps. Pastor Steve was telling me this week that when he was in the seventh grade, he got baptized. 
And right alongside of him, his dad got baptized. His dad had been a Christian, but he looked at Steve's life. He looked at what was happening there, and he said, you know what? I, I need to follow through. I, I need to be baptized. I need to, to be in that humble position and, and be baptized. And this is why this is so important. When you go public, first it's obedience to the commands of God, and that's a good place to start. But secondly, when you go public, it brings glory to God. His power to transform a life is on display. It brings you joy, and it inspires faith in other people. This happens all the time. Somebody gets baptized, and someone else says, okay, now I get it. I get the gospel. So now let me ask you a question. Should you be baptized? Um, let me read to you this paragraph that's on the, top of this, uh, on the top of this little insert. It says this, I believe that baptism is an outward testimony of what has occurred in me as a believer in Christ. I also believe baptism is an important step of obedience in publicly proclaiming my faith in Christ as it provides a way for me to declare my new life in Jesus and my commitment to him. You know, as I read that through, if you would say, yes, I, yes, I get that. I understand what baptism is about. And you could check that box and say, yeah, that's me. I want to encourage you this morning. Would you do that? And then you'll notice on there, there are three upcoming dates where we've got baptisms. Would you fill that out? Would you put your contact information on there? And we'll get back to you with information about um, all the specifics of, of those baptism celebrations. You can take this card today and I would encourage you to fill it out. If you can agree with the top, be obedient to the Lord and be baptized. Experience the joy of that. Let the church experience the joy of that. But if you fill that out, you can put that in. We've got a basket on the tables at all of our exits as you, as you walk out today. Um, again, I want to remind you too, we're going into that new series. And so if you want to take one of those slips and, and kind of get a head start, you can, you can do that as well. So again, what is baptism? Baptism as an outward demonstration of an inward transformation, a transformation that we celebrate, a transformation that brings God glory, brings you joy, and it inspires faith in other people. So let's do this. Let's, let's close and, and let's pray together. Lord, I thank you um, for your word. And um, Lord, as I think about the different baptism stories and celebrations that have impacted my own faith, that have encouraged me to be unashamed, um, Lord, I just want to pray that as a church, Lord, we would be um, quick to be obedient to you and in the things that you would tell us and ask us to do, Lord. And uh, so, Lord, I just, um, I pray for all of us as a church. I pray that Brookside would be, the, be a place where uh, we not only hear the word, but we really do what it says, God. Lord, thank you that baptism is a reminder of things that are so significant to us. The fact that you would die, the fact that you would pay for our sins so that we might know you, and the fact that one day we would be with you, your resurrection, Lord. Lord, we pray these things in your name. Amen.